Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The gang's all here. We're ready to go to work here. Buck Belusio punching the clock on this Wednesday here in Atlanta. On Atlanta Sports Station, the fans, 680 and 93.7. You know the drill. Streaming at 680thefan.com. Get that fan mobile app driven by... Beaver Toyota of Coming, visit beavertoyotaofcoming.com, the fastest and easiest way to shop online. Let them wow you. Listen on the smart speaker brought to you by South Point Financial Service. Services the mortgage professionals. More at fps.com. And the 10 o'clock hour in the fan is brought to you by the Haug Baron Law Group. If you want to win your personal injury case, go to Championship Law. We've got Road Dog in the house. Derek Thomas ready to go to work. Nerney, what's going on? Let's get to work, brother. Bucks. Big. Take. All right, this Braves team has me a little concerned. And it's true. Dropping a double dip to the lousy, stinking Mets is a real downer. So much so that I'm doubting the Braves right now. The start to the season has been a disappointment. And I know, I know, last year the Braves did not get over the 500 mark until August the 6th and went on to win the World Series. I remember. I get it. No reason to panic. But I am concerned. Lose today, and the Braves will be 1-5-2 and two in series play, didn't Bobby Cox, wasn't that his goal, win every series? We've won one. The lineup is not generating runs. Most of the starters are giving up early runs. So we're constantly, constantly playing from behind. <clears throat> and, and that's a disappointment. What Braves country needs right now is for Acuna and Olsen to get hot at the same time. That would jumpstart the stagnant offense and get the Braves back on track. And you know what? It'd be nice if that happened today. And there's your big take. As we get the show started today, we'll talk a little Braves a little later in the show. We'll chop it up right now, though. I want to dive right into the quarterback club. Shades on in the club. Got one quarterback in the crosshairs I've been thinking a lot about. And it's Desmond Ritter, the new Falcons quarterback. Checked in at the Combine, 6'3", 211. I think they were fudging on that. Prior to getting measured at the Combine, they were... Listing him as like 6'4", 225 or something like that. I guess, you know, at some point in time, all these football players fudge on that a little bit. Sometimes they got nothing to do with it.
Falcons took Ritter in the third round. A little surprised with that. He was the consensus number five quarterback coming into the draft and went number two. No real special skills that he shows off. Now, he's got some intangibles. Good leader, manages the game well. But as far as the special skill set on the field, I don't see anything really special. I mean, he's a good all-around quarterback, can do a little bit of everything. I like the dual threat aspect, too. My concerns with Ritter are this. It would be this. I've got concerns with his accuracy on the intermediate routes, especially outside the numbers, which you're going to throw a lot of these routes in the National Football League. 15, 18, 20 yards down the field, get a lot of those dig crossing routes in there where you got to stick it in in a tight window. You got to throw some lasers outside the numbers with these world class cornerbacks D'ing up on the receivers. And you know what? He's not a real good deep ball thrower either. Arm talent would be average in my estimation which means he's not going to be able to fit it in a lot of tight windows. The wind-up motion is a little slow, uh, so the release is slow, and and that's going to hurt him at this level also. Let me just sum it up and say Ritter is not a gifted passer. Limited. Not an NFL starter, in my opinion. Maybe the USFL. Falcons chose Ritter over Corral, Willis, Howell. And I do believe down the road we'll look at that as being a mistake. That said, I could be wrong. We'll see. Let's hear from Coach Smith talking about Desmond Ritter as new quarterback. He's a terrific leader, terrific athlete. He's a guy that uh, we know can extend plays. But really, when you're watching the tape, thought he had great command of their offense. He knew where to go to the football. Like all these guys, there's some things we'll, we'll work with him on. That's our job as coaches. But his leadership traits are off the charts. And that, that was the first thing. And his pocket presence. And the guy, the guy wins. Yeah, a little concerned, too, about the top competition. Now, he played well against Georgia in the Peach Bowl, 24-37. Against Alabama last year in the playoffs, though, my goodness, 53%. Six sacks. Six. Got to get rid of the ball, son. And there's the quarterback club today. We'll go to the quarterback club from time to time. So I'm concerned about the Braves and a little down on the Falcons quarterback selection in the draft. 404-231-1680, the number. We always appreciate you calling in the show. Makes it a little more fun to hear from the people. What the people say. So I always appreciate you picking up the phone and calling in. In fact, we'd love to take more of that as we head into a period where there's not a lot of football to be talking about, we're going to talk about it anyway here on the Buck Belushi Show. Time for the uh, Buck Belushi Show headline. And uh, 
Got a couple of announcements as far as the new book goes, Inside the Hedges. You may have heard about it. It dropped last month and solidified a couple of book signings. Uh, you might help me spread the word here. We're going to be in Macon on Saturday, May the 14th, at the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame from 10 to 2 for a book signing. And then also uh, locally here in Metro Atlanta, Decatur, on Thursday, May the 26th from 6 to 8 at the Eagle Eye Bookshop. And if you don't want to wait around or be in a part of uh, those book signings in Macon and Decatur, we've got some others coming down here very soon, I'll announce. You can just purchase the book online at InsideTheHedges.com. That's InsideTheHedges.com. Uh, book dropped at G-Day, which is now about a month ago. And we've been very well received. It's been very encouraging. See the number of people that are interested and that have bought the book. And it's really my journey uh, to that 1980 National Championship at Georgia. If I had to sum it up in one sentence, that would be it. The quarterback's view of what was going on and the journey that I took to the uh, being a part of that 1980 National Championship team. Inside the Hedges. Dot com. Terry, ready to come on? Let's bring on Terry. He joins us on the show. Terry, what's going on, buddy? Hey, but hey, I just heard you talking about the Falcons draft, and I, I'm going to tell you something, man. I couldn't even sleep the first night. I mean, you know. Was it because we passed on Charles Cross, that elite offensive tackle with that eighth pick? Exactly. All of that. I mean, Get a wide receiver. I'm, I really, could, I went to sleep at three. That mom was just so aggravated. You would think after 54, 55 years of being a Falcons fan, I would, I would not get so upset. But geez, I, I don't understand. And 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 I, it's just, I mean, all the Georgia defensive players. I'm, I'm not trying to be a homer here, but you know, there was a lot of great talent right up the road that they just snubbed their nose at. I thought sure they were going to pick Jordan with the eighth pick at least, but no. Yeah, I couldn't they, sleep, but I couldn't sleep. It was terrible. They passed on him. We appreciate the call. Thanks for listening to the show. And you know why you're upset, and it's the same reason that, well, I gave him an F, is because, as you mentioned, you mentioned the 50-plus years. They've been in business about 55 years. And over that time period, Falcons have been a loser 70% of the time. Now, I know there are people saying, yeah, but this is a new administration. You got Terry Fontenot and you got Coach Arthur Smith running the show now. Well, that is true. And look, they, they're going to get an opportunity. But it's just really familiar to what went on in the previous 54 years that makes you want to lump these uh, new guys right in there with the old administrations. I tell you, that Dan Reeves did a great job, though. Dan Reeves got it done, took this team to the Super Bowl. And then I believe they fired him. I mean, my goodness. So there you go. 55 years in the National Football League and 70% of the time, the Falcons have ended up with a losing record. And that's why you're frustrated. That's why you're a little upset. Me included. All right, coming back on the other side, we're going to have more. We'll run through the NFL, talk a little draft. The Falcons, hope you'll stick around for that. Chris Mortensen, coming up next here on the Blue Show on Atlanta Sports Station, the fans, 680 and 93. 
This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Hanging out on the Buck Blue Show, 10 to 11, Monday through Friday, here on The Fan. And once a week, we allow you to take over the wheel here at The Fan on The Blue Show. Infinity of Gwinnett wants you to drive the content as you get to decide what we talk about next. Call in now at 404 231 presented by Infinity of Gwinnett. Empower the talk, empower the drive. And the final segment of the show, we'll talk about what you want to talk about. Right now, though, I decide... And I decide we're going to Mort. For the latest on the NFL, we turn to the fans' truest NFL reporter, Chris Mortensen. Presented by the Atlanta Painting Company, Atlanta's premier residential and commercial painting company. Call 1-800-PAINTING or visit atlantapaintingcompany.com. All right, Mort, we got the draft in the rearview mirror. <clears throat> and what'd you make of the Falcons draft, Mort? What are people well, saying around the league? It was tremendous because they talk about rear view mirror at the rear of their draft. They picked two Georgia players. Yeah. yeah. You sure it wasn't just, you know, at the end of the draft, they took a couple just to uh, say that they would? Uh, no, I, uh, generally teams do not do that. Although I do think the Steelers took uh, Cameron Hay- Hayward's uh, younger brother. Yeah. A little bit of that. But uh, listen, uh, you know, I, I noticed that you did not like the Drake London pick. Well, they and, passed uh, on Charles Cross. Well, and I, 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 I would, I would say that's a, that is a certainly a plausible complaint uh, that you pass on a guy that some people believe is a is a ten year, twelve year left tackle. So, and, and the value for that is pretty strong. I think that Drake London. Was probably the top receiver on most, uh, let's say, on 15 teams' boards. The Jets wanted Drake London at 10. They got Garrett Wilson, uh, the Ohio State receiver. I think that they're thinking a lot of offense, uh, red zone offense. Uh, we've talked about it before, even them taking a receiver there. But, yeah, yeah, listen, you couldn't have uh, blamed either one. I think Drake London probably was uh, was not worth the pick of you uh of your criticism as high as it was, but that's why people have opinions. And I, I say, we'll see, we'll find out. Uh, now, now Marcus Mariota is getting sacked all year long. You win Buck. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just look at it like this. We had one of the smartest quarterbacks in the world playing over the last four years. And he was yeah. getting sacked over 40 times a season. I mean, just amazing. I think yeah, maybe no. they, they're confused. They're playing seven-on-seven, seven, they think they're playing up there. Well, I, I think also they're, you know, I mean, uh, Northeast Smith has to look at this, you know, 
when you change staffs, you uh, if you have offensive line coaches, different techniques, uh, there could be some mental protection areas that have nothing to do with the quarterback. Uh, you know, those guys got to get coached up. I've always you know been told, uh, and, and I've actually seen it happen that you know it's, there's two parts to creating an offensive line that's effective, and certainly talent is one of them. But uh, coaching is big. You know, when the Cowboys were dominating, when they winning those three Super Bowls and almost a fourth, I mean, listen, they only had, I think, one first-round pick. Uh, but uh, for the most part, I think all of it takes it, – it's a combination. you got to have a great coach up there. you got to have a great plan, everybody on the same page. Uh, and uh, your, your point is certainly well taken, though, as far as what, what's happened with that offensive line. I, I'll be interested to see how, how it plays out. But I don't know this much. The Seattle Seahawks are fairly happy. They have their left tackle. I know. Pete Carroll sent me a text. Chris Mortensen joins us here on the Blue Show once a week, and he joins us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Uh, you, you can get more from them at areyoubraveenough.com. So, Mort, what do you make of Bill Belichick and the criticism that he's receiving with the Patriots having the worst rated draft, most people are saying. Well, you know what? Here's what I honestly think is that, you know, I, I, I believe that. Now, listen, bottom line is they haven't had great drafts for for a while. So you could say the criticism is warranted. But I'm not about to criticize one of the greatest coaches of all time as an evaluator and what his vision is for that team. So, uh, you know, you know, people can criticize it. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, the guard they took from UT Chattanooga, uh, as I talked to more people, they said, Hey, he might be uh, Joe Tooney who turned out to be a great guard for the, for the Patriots, or he might be Logan Mankins. He's that type of player. So, you know, he took him at the bottom of the first round, Probably, I think the guy would have gone in the top 40 picks. Other people would say, no, he'd go bottom of the second round. I'm not so sure. And so I just, I'm not, I'm not into criticizing Bill Belichick until after the fact. I, you know, <laughs> when I see the results. Now, listen, I want to talk a little bit about Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota. Right. Yeah. Uh, just real quick. I mean, the, com- the, the comparison, the, the comp- comparison, for Desmond Ritter was Marcus Mariota. And that was what was interesting. You probably heard it said, uh, you know, it, it, I, I think he's got flaws, but clearly the, the entire quarterback has flaws. I was told by somebody, I said this on, on TV uh, uh, the day before the draft, that I was told by, by a GM that is established, really good evaluator. He said, there, I wouldn't be, he said, I wouldn't be surprised if no quarterbacks were taken in the first round. We, we decided a while back that there are no franchise quarterbacks in this draft. And it proved out true because even Kenny Pickett getting picked at 20, 20th, it tells you, well, nobody was crazy about him. Now, Desmond Ritter, he has his fans. Uh, he's, uh, he, you know, he's, he's a lot like Marcus in that he's got straight-ahead speed. Uh, you know, there's some arm uh, questions going to the right side. Uh, you would... Love him to be your son-in-law. Uh, that being said, let's let's see. Uh, now, what what do they say? An open competition? That's not a bad thing. Uh, all right. But next yeah. Question. So it's a good fit, right? Is what you're saying with Coach Smith and uh, what he's uh, looking for out of the quarterback? Well, it's a good. 
good fit if it works. Right. Yeah, most yeah, teams, you would say, though, more, more, most teams you spoke with, they did not have him as the second quarterback on the board. No, and one of the points, well, one of the points I tried to make is teams had these quarterbacks rated in different orders. Everybody assumed that Malik Willis was the number one or two on everybody's board, or Desmond Ritter maybe two on others' boards. They all had rated. I even don't don't ask me why, but even on Friday, uh, or, or I mentioned, you know, like some people even have. Bradley Zappi of Western Kentucky rated among the top three guys. Oh, well, Lord. It was great that I had Zappi's name in there, but his first name is Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, What can you tell the people wondering about why N'Kobe Dean dropped like he did? Uh, well, that was I don't get irritated much during the draft, but I was irritated during that part of it. Listen, you, people talk about his medical history. Uh, and, you know, that he had a partially torn pack that was healing up, that he might have to have surgery after the year. Uh, I had texts. I, I started sending out texts, hey, what's wrong with the Kobe Dean? Because I was reading all the medical stuff on social media, too. And three texts I had come back to me right away was, he's fine. He's medically clean, maybe a little stiffer than we want, and undersized. So I think... And I tell you what, if there's a player I'm rooting for uh, in this draft uh, or, or, you know, going forward, it's the Kobe Dean. Because, you know, I had I know this much. Philadelphia is one of the teams that I talked to uh, who told me that, listen, you know, for all the great Georgia players there are in defense and in this draft, the best player in the defense was still in the Kobe Dean. And and uh, I hope he proves it proves it just like that. Kind of funny that John Kincaid gets him instead of you, Buck. But uh, yeah, he had me on his show Monday, and he's thrilled to have Nakobe Dean up there to cheer yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Eagles don't really value linebackers, but he was just too good of a value for them to pass there. So clearly, uh, it wasn't just the Falcons or other teams. But I, I just think the guys. If the guy stays healthy, I think he's going to have a heck of a career and people are going to go back and say, what the heck were we thinking? I hope that's the case. Uh, the only problem is, and this is true, back, uh, I mean, uh, Buck, uh, it costs these guys money. You know, this rookie wage scale, it may be great, but it can cost you some money when, when, when you slide like that. Yeah, and they, uh, that, that hurts, obviously. So should Trevor Lawrence be a little upset the Jags didn't get him a go-to receiver in a draft deep with wide receivers? Well, I think they, I actually think they have pretty good receivers on the team. Uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see how they, how they go. I think their, their receivers are, are good. Uh, and the one thing about it is, uh, you know, you're, you're assessing – you know, who could they have had at the? They could have. Who could they have had at the top of the second round? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Horse is capable of getting upset, though. To be quite honest with you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and, you know, maybe we'll see. I mean, I, I think we're still. I think the Trayvon Walker pick is going to be one people talk about a lot. I, I did see Dan Lanning, by the way, former Georgia defensive coordinator, coordinator now Oregon coach. Uh, the day before the draft or the day of the draft uh, before it started. And, boy, he, he's like you. We don't talk about it, that basketball skills and 
says if you if you if you had ever come to any of our practices and a lot of NFL scouts did, you would not have questioned this pick. He goes, and in year three as an NFL player, you will see why the Jaguars took him number one. More, did you ever think you'd see the day where the Jets had the the best draft? Well, not used to Joe, seeing that. When Joe Douglas became the general manager there, I did think their their uh, you know their future had changed. Joe came. Joe was a long time Baltimore Ravens scout and, and wrote and hung was with Ozzie Newsom for a very long time. And I I just know that what he's capable of and what his philosophy is and you know, to me, and it all aligned perfectly. Of course, he was catching all kinds of crazy, uh, you know, crazy criticism, which is typical of Jets fans. You know, when he's trading people and collecting draft picks, and and he made the most of them. And uh, you know, the worst part about it is, I work with a lot of Jets fans, and you know, I'm thinking about upsetting the Bills Mafia and picking the Jets to win. The AFC East <laughs> next year. <laughs> you better be careful with that, Mort. Good thing you've no, got a not, good security team. No, no, Josh Allen's one of my favorite quarterbacks and guys, so I, I probably won't do that. But I'm telling you, you're right. If Zach Wilson is is, is anywhere type of quarterback that the Jets think he can be, the, the game's changed in the AFC East. All of a sudden, the AFC is AFC East is far different, and we'll see if Bill Belichick is as good as we think he is. More great stuff, as always. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week, man. Take care. All right. Sounds good, Buck. Chris Morrison, ESPN NFL Insider. Actually, he's the Buck Belushio NFL Insider. Let's chop it up. Time to talk Braves. Let's chop it up. Presented by Haug Law Group, your local personal injury attorneys. HaugLawGroup.com. Well, I hit the Braves right out of the gate today on the show and the big take. A little concerned. Not ready to panic, but a little concerned. And look, anytime you get swept in a doubleheader by the Mets and you're a Braves fan, it, you know, sort of like a cold slap in the face. Braves struggling to hit four runs and only 12 hits in the two games yesterday. And one for 12 with runners in scoring position, which is really disappointing. Let's hear from Matt Olson talking about that. You just got to take your normal at-bat. You know, your normal situational at-bat. Obviously, we're trying to get the job done, but last thing we need to do is create extra pressure on it and, uh, you know, make it a big thing. Uh, extra pressure is not good in any situation, especially when we're trying to cash in a couple runs. Uh, so, you know, everybody's just got to, myself included, just slow it down a little bit. Um, like I said, it's, it's one of those things. There's going to be those ups and downs of it, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get on a roll here. Yeah, hopefully so. One uh, ten start today in the finale of the road trip. Ian Anderson trying to salvage a series split. It's been a lousy road trip, really. I lost two out of three in Texas, two out of three so far in New York. We lose today. We come home with a two and five trip. Again, disappointing. Returning back home for eight games, Thursday off, three with Milwaukee, two with Boston, and three with San Diego. So a disappointing start to the season, losing in front of packed houses at Truist Park, really not taking advantage of that. I mean, you win the World Series, the fan base is all fired up, they want to come out and support you to start the next season, and you're laying eggs left and right. Disappointing, DT. But do you think the... Uh this whole championship week up here at Truist Park, which was wonderful. Everyone enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure the, the, the 
players did as well. But did that possibly have something to do with a slow start? Because even Dansby talked about it on Chalini and Mino yesterday. That was a little different start to the season. Yeah, Kirby probably wouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I don't think Kirby, I don't think George, the Georgia Bulldogs are going to be having a parade yeah. when they, before the opener at Oregon. No. But that's just me. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it was wonderful. That's what I think personally. Um, is it the cause of them not getting hits when they've got a runner at second or third? Yeah, I, I would say so. no. Right, yeah. That's yeah, I'd fair. say no. Uh, but but I think there, there are three different categories we're looking at here to this disappointing start. Number one, do you fit into the first category, fans? No worries here. Last season, we didn't get over 500 until August the 6th. So are you in this first category where you're saying relax to everybody? Or is it category number two where I am right now? I'm a little bit concerned. Morton struggling. Olsen not looking like Freddie Freeman. Offense not as productive. Uh, you got some people at the coffee shop. I'm hearing uh, Double A should assign Peterson and Solaire instead of Rosario out there in the outfield. Or is it the third category where you're thinking it's time to panic? <laughs> that the run in the National League East is over. We're not a play a postseason caliber team. We've played eight series. We've won one. I tell you what is amazing though when you talk about the Braves now, they've won the East four years in a row. Think about the unprecedented run that we enjoyed previously. The Braves winning 14 consecutive division titles unprecedented in major league baseball 14 in a row from 91 to 2005 what how amazing is that i just think it's amazing and there you go that's us chopping it up yep but that that run really spoiled guys say my age and yeah. sean nerney's age <laughs> you just expect it to happen every from year the time i was about five until uh until I was a, a young adult, the Braves just won the, the division every year. 14 in a row. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, even the Yankees had never done that. I guess because they had the Red Sox in their division. Just shows you how difficult it is to keep, even now, just for a handful of years, to keep a run going. Uh, what they did in the 90s just continues to amaze me. Hey, the Yankees are looking good. They've won 11 in All a right, row so right but, now. Yeah, how about Aaron Judge? First place up there in the <laughs> AL East. But he's got like 30 home runs in five games. And he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Talk about a good move. Not signing that undervalued Yankee contract offer during the offseason. So I think I'm going to bet on me. Aaron Judge, that's paying off for him. Let's get to that Bulldog Roundtable. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Baloo. 25-20, far side line, 15-10-5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union. Haug Law Group, Georgia Pack and Load, AAA, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Good to hear Kirby on 680 The Fan on the Locker Room Show. Boy, Brandon Leak, John Michael's doing a nice job on that one. Good to hear. 
All right, the Bulldogs, uh, a lot of talk. I wanted to talk about it briefly today about the 85-man scholarship limit. It is believed that Kirby Smart can add one player transfer, one, with the 85-man scholarship limit. I think that uh, Cameron Kenny, I think, exited the offensive lineman here recently, opened up one spot is what most people are believing. So where does Kirby go? Does he sign a veteran-wide receiver coming out of G-Day? Kirby mentioned that, well, he's hoping to see more out of more wide receivers and what they had. So reading between the lines, does Kirby... Does he look to maybe add that guy from Pittsburgh? Jordan Addison had 100 catches a year ago working with Pickett, had 17 touchdown receptions. He's looking to move on from Pitt. And I saw where Narduzzi, the Panthers coach, he's accused Lincoln Riley of tampering, trying to get Addison out there to put on the USC uniform. Or would Kirby look to add a veteran cornerback that he can plug and play opposite Ringo? I think that would be another spot that would come in handy. Kendrick came in a year ago and plugged up one cornerback spot and did very well. I think he might be looking to do that again. I would say defensive line is another area that could use a proven football player on that defensive line. Maybe that's the spot. Bring in a veteran defensive lineman. Linebackers also a spot full of young guys, uh, a lot of young puppies at that linebacker spot. Maybe that's an area he would want to use the one scholarship available on a veteran linebacker to help shore up this defense. One thing's true. Bulldogs defensively at all three levels need a little help, whether it's quality depth or maybe a veteran starter to come in. We'll keep an eye on what Kirby's got going on there. Have you seen this? The betting lines are out for the opening week of college football. Georgia Bulldogs taking on Oregon and Dan Lanning in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game at MBS. Bulldogs out of Vegas listed now as a 15-point favorite. Wow. Clemson and Georgia Tech out of the gate. Also at MBS. Clemson a 21-and-a-half-point favorite over Georgia Tech, in case you were wondering. So we can get the, the season started with some uh, glitz and glamour, man. We got Georgia taking on Oregon with their former defensive coordinator looking to beat Kirby, and then you got uh, Tech, which really Jeff Collins, I believe, is in the final year of trying to earn the opportunity to maintain his status as the Yellow Jacket head coach, taking on a Clemson team looking to bounce back big. Jackets, a 21-and-a-half-point underdog. Wow. All right, coming back on the other side, I've got another Falcons grade for you, and I'll drop that next. It's the Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Spring is here, and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Monday through Friday on Atlanta Sports Station. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. It's time for another Falcons grade. I give the Falcons an F. Yeah, well, that was the overall grade. I've got a different grade I'm going to drop on you right now. An A+. The Falcons grade an A+. With the signing of defensive lineman Grady Jarrett to a contract extension. Three years, $50 million, almost $17 million annually, $34 million guaranteed. Congrats to his agent, Todd France, on cutting a good deal. And the Falcons, I give you an A plus for Grady, getting this done. <laughs> Grady Jarrett. An A-plus, I want to reward my team, the Atlanta Falcons, for rewarding their top football player on this roster with a market value contract extension. And as you look over the entire NFL, you know, Grady is sort of a hybrid in this Dean Pease defensive scheme. He's playing a 3-4 scheme. So Grady, uh, in that scheme, has been playing a defensive end. Prior to that, he was a defensive tackle. I call Grady Jarrett a defensive lineman. And when you look at the defensive tackles in the National Football League and where they're paid, Grady checks in at number seven. Defensive ends in the National Football League, Grady checks in at number seven. When you look at all of the defensive linemen in the 32 teams in the National Football League, Grady Jarrett, as far as the pay scale goes, checks in at number 13. Grady Jarrett has been awesome since the Falcons drafted him out of Clemson. And I want to give the Falcons an A-plus grade for not trading him and signing Big Grady to a contract extension. Let's hear from Coach Smith talking about Grady. He's what we stand for. I mean, that's when we talk about ethos and guys that we want to build around. There's a reason we extended Grady and Jake Matthews. Those are guys we believe in that can set the tone up front that are the pros we want. So I've always thought that, you know, institutions get the behaviors they reward. There's a reason we rewarded Grady Jarrett. Yeah, because he is a outstanding football player is what he is. Put him in that three technique, Nerney, he's going to wreak havoc. You slide him out in the three-four to the defensive end spot, he's taking care of business. He plays the run tough. He rushes the passer. He's a great player in the locker room as far as being a teammate. He represents the organization at an A-plus level. Nothing not to like about Grady Jarrett. And, Buck, you could really consider this uh, hazard pay, back pay, for having to take on the entireties of an offensive line last year because, as we all know, he was the only defender on the line of scrimmage worth blocking, uh, at least as far as the Falcons go. Yeah, I mean, taking on double teams left and right. And having been through the youth football coaching experience, 
there were times, and there were a, a few years where actually I was one of the assistant coaches. And there was always one player on the other team that had all the tackles. And my theory on that, and I shared it with the rest of the coaches, was let's, let's put two, three guys on that guy. And let's make some of the other guys in that front seven make the tackle. So let's, let's not block the defensive tackle that's not doing anything. And let's make sure we're blocking that middle linebacker. And they looked at me like I was absolutely crazy. What are you talking? Don't block? Yeah, that guy hadn't made a tackle yet. Why would we block him? We had a, uh, one of the greatest, and I wrote about this in the book Inside the Hedges, one of the greatest defensive coordinators high school football has ever seen. Coleman Rudolph, who formerly of, of 680 The Fan, his dad, Jack Rudolph, played at Grady for Irk Russell back in the day, went on and played at Georgia Tech, played for the Patriots and the Dolphins and the old AFL, and he settled down in Valdosta to raise a family, and he was just so awesome. I remember thinking, you know what, we've got a uh, coach at the high school level that could be a defensive coordinator at the major college level or in the National Football League. And he, he refused to cover a receiver that they would split out wide if that guy wouldn't catch any, any passes. They say, that we'll wait until he catches one, then we'll cover him. I thought it was genius. A-plus for the Falcons with the Grady Jarrett extension. You may have heard, I've self-published a new book released last month, Inside the Hedges, Quarterback's Journey to the 1980 National Championship. It was a 30-year project with a lot of hard work. I want to thank David Dickey and Scott McFarland, Scott Maxim, Colin Wheat, Brian Fennerin. Got a lot of people here at the fan that have been very supportive, but I must admit I'm a little disappointed and stunned. Only one show has had me on as a guest to talk about the new book, to help promote it. And I, I guess it's good to know where you stand. What show was that? Uh, Dan Matthews was doing Oliver's show on Southern Sports Today and had me over. Come on, guys. Help a brother out. All right, that's going to do it for the show today. Uh, glad you listened. Hope you'll join us tomorrow for Road Dog Gillespie, Derek Thomas, and Sean Nurney. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Thank you, Buck. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.